My best friend, sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Thank you, Simone. No problem whatsoever. Heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. Ambassador, you weren't on the call, were you? President, you didn't listen on President Trump's call, President Lissy's call? I did not. They say you got a boy. You've never talked with Chief of Staff Mulvaney? I never did. You never met the president? That's correct. You had three meetings again with Zelensky and it didn't come up. And two of those they had never heard about as far as I know. And you're their star witness. Mr. Goldman, what, what I can do um, here for you today is tell you what I heard from people. Hearsay can be much better evidence than direct. heard it right here on kevin's podcast show he heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another that trump tried to quit pro quo ukraine we're going to talk about that today on kevin's podcast show because i think it's silly i don't think it's silly because i'm a trumpy guy i think it's silly because we're wasting money that a little bit we're gonna see what fox and cnn have to say about it you know they're gonna be diametrically opposed to one another even though they have the exact same information so there you go thanks for listening to kevin's podcast show let's jump right into it on kevin's podcast show oh lord the impeachment hearings have just been getting, I don't know, just worse and worse and worse. And Really? You're wasting our money, folks. There's no way, number one, there's no way that you're going to get him, get Trumpy convicted. That's not going to happen. We've talked about this before on Kevin's podcast show. It's not going to happen. Not going to Not going to you're not going to be able to convict Trumpy because, like I've explained before, the Senate is where the uh, they're basically the jurors. There's 51 Republicans, 49 Democrats, and it takes 66 of them to convict. So 24 would have to step across the line. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So... This is an exercise in futility. It is a waste of time and money, mostly. I wonder how many thousands and thousands of dollars we've spent already. Probably to the tune of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. Because there's all kinds of... Well, the congressional thing goes on all the time. We waste a lot of money in Congress anyway. So, I mean, those the pages and, and the people that are in the 
in the building and the facilities and all the tech people and all that sort of thing and all the people who are there to write things down and keep things up and all that all the ancillary support of the congress goes on all the time so that's not an issue what i'm talking about is all these people that are testifying before congress that were compelled to come and testify before congress guess who's paying for their airfare their hotel expenses their food all those kinds of things yeah that's right us the taxpayers so that that kind of thing just pisses me off it pisses me off because they're wasting time wasting money and it's all a political thing. Now, whether you believe that Trumpy was guilty of this or not is is irrespective. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Because the fact of the matter is they know they can't convict. And the only thing this is is a political playbook so that they'll be able to maybe beat Trumpy in 2020 because they know they don't have anything to run on. And the thick-ankled dogface Hillary Clinton, as uh, Nick DiPaolo calls her, the thick-ankled dogface, Hillary Clinton is thinking about getting back in the race, and oh my God, I wish she would. I wish she would because it would be so much stuff to make fun of. It would just be really fun to make fun of her. But... That remains to be seen right now. It's, uh, old <laughs> Joe Biden. And he's he's not even the front runner necessarily because Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, 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 Pete Buttigieg, the uh, mayor of South Bend, Indiana. He's polling really well in Iowa, from what I understand. So, you know, maybe it'll be Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Booty check. I don't know. It's not going to be Kamala. It's not going to be Cory Booker. That sounds racist, don't it? It's not going to be Elizabeth Warren, maybe. Could be Elizabeth Warren, but I doubt it. I think she's going to drop the ball eventually, although she is polling very well. It's not going to be Tulsi Gabbard, which I'd be okay with that. I mean, at least that would be a legitimate candidate. She's more libertarian than most any of the rest of them out there, so I kind of like that part. And she is a vet. Uh, Pete uh, Booty Check is a vet too, by the way. But anyway, getting back to the the whole impeachment thing. I mean, it's it's just silly and. They're wasting time, wasting money, all that kind of thing, so I don't know. The whole thing just pisses me off, makes me mad, and makes me feel like they're wasting time because you heard in the cold opening, you heard the cold opening that the guy, that they, their star witness, the very guy that they were going to have, uh, oh, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the one that's, oh, he's going to hold, he holds that smoking gun, by God, that's, as he's the one. He's it's gonna happen. Uh, no, it was like I was talking about the other day with that girl who said she heard from somebody that somebody said that the Ukrainians were upset. She heard somebody say that the Ukrainians were upset. So it's it's just a bunch of uh, it's a bunch of bullshit is what it is. It's a bunch of playing telephone. You know, and and he said, she said kind of stuff. And, and the whole thing just, well, it just pisses me off. 
All right, let's see what Fox News gets to say about the impeachment hearings right now. The, uh, the GOP is uh, they're to zero in on the Ukrainian meddling claims after diplomats stumped at hearing. Now, see, Fox News says they were stumped at the hearing. I don't think they were necessarily stumped, but they certainly were just testifying on hearsay. So, House Republicans plan to sharpen their focus on allegations of Ukraine meddling in the 2016 presidential election. What? So now it's not the Russians, it's the Ukrainians. Good Lord, have mercy. Make up your minds, you waste of air people up there. You're wasting our money. You think that all these countries, if they don't have the ability to, that they would, that if they have the ability to do it, countries that that want to manipulate our election do it. They do it, and we do it to them. It is what it is. You try to keep them out of it, but you're not going to be able to do it 100%. Okay. House Republicans plan to sharpen their focus on allegations of Ukraine meddling in the 2016 presidential election during the open phase of impeachment hearing, impeachment inquiry hearings. It's not even the impeachment, folks. It's an inquiry. This is this is a hearing to see if we're going to have a damn impeachment. It's a hearing to see if we're going to have a hearing to see if we're going to have... It's, it's almost like the hearsay thing. You heard it from a friend, heard it from a friend. Well, we're going to have a hearing to have a hearing. Okay, which, again, waste of money. Waste of money. Waste of our money. So, uh, let's see. They voice, they're voicing frustration after top diplomats on Wednesday said that they had no knowledge of the issue. A senior Republican official told Fox News on Thursday that the issue of Ukrainian election meddling would be the, quote, theme of questions asked by GOP members on the House Intelligence Committee moving forward. During the first public hearing on Wednesday, Republican members ventured into the territory when they asked State Department official George Kent and acting ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, questions about Alexandra Chalupa. That's her name, Alexandra Chalupa. You can make fun of it if you want. I'm going to leave it right there on the table. Alexandra Chalupa, a former Democratic National Committee consultant who allegedly had meetings during the 2016 campaign with officials at the Ukrainian embassy in Washington to discuss incriminating information about Trump campaign figures. I assume they don't mean figures as in numbers. They mean figures as in, uh, you know, people. But Anyway, the House Intelligence uh, Committee ranking member uh, for the Republicans is Devin Nunez. Nunez? 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 I don't know how to say his name. Nunez. Republican from California, asked Taylor a series of questions related to Ukraine and Chalupa, reminding the diplomat that in his closed-door deposition, he testified he was unfamiliar with Chalupa's actions at the Ukrainian embassy. It is correct that I had not known about this before, Taylor said. He also confirmed that he was disappointed by the allegations when they were presented to him at the deposition. Kent, meanwhile, testified that he saw no factual basis to support allegations of Ukraine interference in the 2016 election. 
Democrats have all these people and officials they are parading as witnesses who are so concerned about Trump and his people making inquiries about this, but they all say they had no idea of these reports and deny any type of Ukrainian election meddling, a GOP source said. We will continue to press this thing forward. Fox News over the weekend first reported on the Republicans' proposed witness list for the upcoming public impeachment hearings, which include Alexandra Chalupa. Given President Trump's documented belief that the Ukrainian government meddled in the 2016 election to oppose his candidacy, which forms the basis for a reasonable desire for Ukraine to investigate the circumstances surrounding the election and any potential Ukrainian involvement, Ms. Chalupa is a prime fact witness who can assist Congress and the American public in better understanding the facts and circumstances surrounding Ukrainian involvement in the 2016 election. Now, let me try to put that into a nutshell for you, if you will. Bear with me for just a second, and we'll get to this. Okay. In 2016, you had Poroshenko as the president of the Ukraine, who was in tight with... Joe Biden and had given his son by proxy a job at a gas company in the Ukraine paying somewhere around $50,000 a month. Hefty salary for somebody who'd never been in the gas business except for farting. Okay, so Biden's on tape. I played it for you before, played it on another episode. Biden said, you're going to get rid of that prosecutor that's investigating this gas company that's employing my son, or we will not give you a billion dollars. Bragged about it. Bragged about it. Clear, clear, obvious quid pro quo. And at the time, Poroshenko, he was president, 2016, He used his influence, evidently, to try to get Trump defeated. Okay? And they're going to try to connect the dots and say that it was at the behest of the Democrat Party. Probably, specifically, Joe Biden. Now, Ukraine got a new president. Thus, the phone call from President Trump to the new Ukrainian president. I don't remember his name. Doesn't matter. It's a new guy. New guy over there. Okay? So the new guy, new president in the Ukraine, President Trump calls him up, and, you know, I read those transcripts, too, right here on Kevin's podcast show. I've read that to you, too. You know how that goes. Uh, he said, why don't you look into that? Because uh, I think there's a little something shady going on there. And he said, yeah, I think we will. I think we'll do that. There was no direct quid pro quo. There was no tit for tat, if you will. There was no this hand washes the other hand or anything like that. It's just a couple guys talking. They're politicians. That's the way shit goes down whenever you're a politician. And well, there you go. So now we're here. We're here in 2019, about to be 2020, and we're here. Why? Why are we here? Because the Democrats are scared to death that Donald Trump is going to win in 2020. 
if they don't impeach him. In fact, some of them have already said that. Some of them have already said that. They've actually said the words, if we don't impeach him, he might get elected again in 2020. So they're scared to death that he's going to get elected. Okay? And that's why they're in the amongst of all this impeachment thing. And Nancy Pelosi, just be real honest with you, Nancy Pelosi didn't want to be doing this. I'm going to tell you right now, she knows better. She's not a stupid woman. She's a drunk woman, but she's not a stupid woman. And so... She's letting Adam shit take over. I mean, Adam Schiff take over. And it's going to bite him in the ass, even though he's from a, you know, he's from a liberal uh, district, so I don't guess it matters so much about that. But anyway, um, so that's what Fox News has to say about the impeachment. And I'm hung up on impeachment. I I know you all may not want to hear about it over and over again, but, you know, impeachment is a big deal for one thing, but for another thing, uh, well, it's a waste of money, and I just, I don't like that. It really aggravates me. All right, let's see what CNN has to say about the impeachment hearings. Uh, Well, they're all about a school shooting today, and of course they're going to call on, oh my God, outlaw some guns, because that'll take care of it. All right, here we go. This is what CNN has to say about uh, the impeachment hearings. Four things to know as former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine steps into the impeachment spotlight. Her name is Marie Yovanovitch. Marie Yovanovitch. She's the former ambassador to the Ukraine. She's going to have to answer some questions in this inquiry to be inquired. So, all that means is a lot of these people are going to be back on the stand again if they do go through with impeachment, and it's going to be all right back there again. Again, who's paying for all that? Us, the taxpayers. All right, CNN says the next round of public impeachment hearings is scheduled for Friday, as you listen to this today, with former U.S. Ambassador to the Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch. She's preparing to take center stage. She is a career diplomat which means she's never held a public job. She's never broke a sweat. She's never worked. <clears throat> Who was abruptly pulled from Kiev last spring after a personal order from Donald Trump. Oh, I'm sorry. They said President Trump. I didn't want to leave that out. Give him hell hard enough anyway. So he said. they said after a personal order from President Donald Trump, he made the decision after a months-long public campaign against Jovanovich, led by his attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and others in the right-wing media. Well, there you go. Jovanovich testified behind closed doors last month. So, let's get this clear. <laughs> they had closed-door meetings last month, and we paid for all those. Now they're having 
inquiry hearings this month, and we're paying for that. And if they go through with impeachment, we're going to hear three times from the same damn witnesses on the same thing, and it's not going to go anywhere. All right. Well, anyway, Jovanovich testified behind closed doors last month, but Friday's public hearing will be different. It's her first opportunity to tell her side of the story directly to the American people. Except they're limited to three minutes, and there you go. Here are four things to look for as the historic impeachment inquiry goes public once again. And let me just say this. Um, I've had time to dwell on... (laughs) I've had 23 years to dwell on Bill Clinton's impeachment. I think it's been 23 years, something like that. It's been a while, whatever it's been. And I'm going to say that uh, aside from the fact that he stood up and lied to the American people, he didn't do anything impeachable. He got a blowjob. That's between him and his wife. If they're okay with it, I'm okay with it. It has nothing to do with me, and it has nothing to do with the way they run the country. So they wasted money there, too. So don't think that this is a Trumpy defense thing, because it's not about defending Trump. I'm saying that this is a weak case, and it's not going to go anywhere. And they're wasting money, and they know it. If I'm smart enough to know that, then surely to goodness they're smart enough to know that. All right, well, here's four things, supposedly. This will be testimony from someone who is under attack. It is not in dispute that Yovanovitch's career suffered because of decisions made by Trump and Giuliani. Well, maybe. But her career probably suffered because of decisions she made first, which in turn made Trump and Giuliani do things to her. I mean, when you work for the president, you work for the president. That's the way it is. The former New York City mayor trumpeted discredited allegations against Yovanovitch in his many television appearances on social media and surely in his conversations with Trump. She blamed these, quote, unfounded and false claims for her ouster as ambassador, a significant blow to her career as a lifelong diplomat diplomat who had served in many U.S. posts overseas. Democrats try to portray her as a sympathetic victim of Giuliani's schemes. In her private testimony, she said she felt, quote, threatened and concerned by Trump's comments and actions. whoop de shit Threatened and concerned? Really? He's the only the most powerful man in the world. I guess if he was pissed off at me, I'd be threatened and concerned, too. I'd be threatened and concerned if my boss was pissed off at me and he doesn't run the world. Anyway... A window into Giuliani's shadow foreign policy. If anything, Yovanovitch can provide an insider account of Giuliani's shadow foreign policy. They've said that twice now. And how he pressed the State Department to assist his quest to find dirt on former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter, the fart boy in Ukraine. Democrats will likely keep up Lev Paranas and Igor Fruman, two Soviet-born Giuliani associates who were indicted last month. The Justice Department has accused them of funneling foreign money into U.S. campaigns and pressing the U.S. government to recall Yovanovitch. Sorry, we just had a pop-up from uh, 
that guy on CNN, what's his name, the Fox uh, guy, not Fox, but, you know, the uh, Anderson Cooper, yeah, 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 the Silver Fox, yeah, 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 everybody thinks he's super hot, sorry girls, he's gay, so, there you go, uh, Giuliani has openly acknowledged that these Russian guys were connected with him and Ukrainian officials, and they discussed Biden. In her closed-door testimony, Yovanovitch said Giuliani's associates, quote, may well have believed that their personal financial ambitions were stymied by our anti-corruption policy in Ukraine. Quote, if she can provide new information about that, it could determine Trump's defense that he was working with Giuliani on good good faith effort to clean up long-standing corruption in Ukraine. Hmm. I don't know how that would undermine it, but okay. She has a chance to deny conspiracy theories. Okay, one of the main reasons that Giuliani and other Trump allies wanted Yovanovitch sidelined was because she was allegedly a member of the anti-Trump, quote, deep state, who was trying to undermine his presidency. She was appointed to her post in Ukraine by President Barack Hussein Obama. I added the Hussein, although that is his middle name. Don't forget it. And some of Giuliani's allies have tied her to liberal billionaire George Soros. Yovanovitch denied all these allegations during her private deposition on October the 11th, but on Friday, she'll be on national television under oath for all to see. Democrats will likely give her a platform to rebut the allegations from Giuliani and Trump and from former Ukrainian officials who have accused her, parenthetically, without evidence. Now, how do the how do, how does CNN know whether they have evidence or not? How do they know if Ukrainian officials the Ukrainians are under no obligation to show that evidence to CNN? So how do they know? They don't. So they're just adding to the the whole thing. They have accused her without evidence of pressuring them to stop investigating certain people. And you want to prepare for Republican pushback. No shit. While she might have a compelling story to tell about her personal experience, she's going to speak her truth, people. She's going to speak her truth. You know, I hate that phrase. He's speaking his truth. She's speaking her truth. No, no they're not. You either speak the truth or you do not speak the truth. That's the way it works. There is no her truth, my truth, your truth, speak your truth, live your truth, 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 truth. There's only one truth. It's the truth. That's it. So if you're either speaking it or you're lying. So there you go. So anyway, she's going to have a compelling story to tell about her personal experiences. Yovanovitch wasn't around for any of the other events that are part of the impeachment inquiry including Trump's controversial phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky. That's his name. That's the, that's the other guy. That's the new guy, Zelensky. Somehow or another, I remembered. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the other guy's name. <laughs> I can either remember one Ukrainian president or the other, but not both of them at the same time. Poroshenko 
and Zelensky. Poroshenko was a president that was manipulated by Joe Biden by his own admittance to get the prosecutor off the back of the company that employed his son. And in turn, Poroshenko allegedly interfered in the 2016 election. And now Zelensky has been elected into the office, and President Trump said, hey, why don't you look into some stuff for me? So he did. Or he's going to, or something. There was no quid pro quo that, as far as I could tell, but anyway. Okay. Uh, CNN reported that House Republicans are planning to highlight that Yovanovitch doesn't have first-hand knowledge of Trump's conversations with Zelensky. Of course not, because it's heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend kind of stuff playing telephone, and his interest in having Ukraine announce investigations into his political rivals, including Biden. Uh, she left her post in May, two months before the critical, 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 they used the word critical, phone call with Zelensky, and before the Ukrainians learned that they were there was a holdup in the $391 million package of U.S. military aid. Well, of course there was a holdup. Folks, I'm telling you that all this is a waste of time. I'm trying to demonstrate for you that, for one thing, there, there's not enough hard evidence. If there was hard evidence and, and it was a problem, then okay, I can understand it. But from what I can tell, and being objective here, it's just, I heard that this guy said that this other person was upset. Well, what the hell is that? Somebody told me that this other guy said that this other person was upset? Really? How's that work? It's not It's not even a thing, man. It's not even a thing. So now here they are in the second phase of this whole process. They've already had private investigation, which we paid for. Now we've got this, uh, this impeachment inquiry that we're paying for. And this lady here, this is... Uh, um, uh, what's her name? I've already forgot her name because that's how important she is to me. This Marie Jovanovich is going to testify for a third time if this goes to an impeachment in the full Senate. So we will have paid for not one, not two, but three times for her to testify. Multiply that by the dozens and dozens of other people who are testifying in this whole process. I want to see a bill. I want to know how much more money we're wasting on this. And they know. They know. The Democrats know for an absolute fact that if they get it into the Senate that it's not going to be convicted. But they do know that they will be able to get a political win if they do that. And that's why they're doing it. It's for politics. It's not because for love of the country or any other bullshit that they might put out there. Any of that stuff that you hear that them say that, oh, this is a, a threat to our democracy. And and uh, Nancy Pelosi talking, I played that for you the other day about how she went on and on and on about how it was a threat to our democracy and how we have to do this. We have to. Which is bullshit. All this is is making the attempt to keep Trumpy from winning the election again in 2020. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this.
He's to the 20. He's to the 25. 30, 35, 40. He's down the sideline. 50. I think he's going to go. He's to the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. And good. And good. And good. Last week, we discussed the NCAA college athlete compensation. It appears that this is not going to go away anytime soon, especially with the beginning of college hoops. Tennessee is the newest to enter into legislation proposing collegiate athletes to be paid at their chosen university, taking into consideration what the college athletes should have been paid according to a recent fan-cited article. Duke basketball player Zion Williamson would have made over $5 million for his one year of college. However, for parity, university University of Connecticut female basketball player Nafizia Collier would have earned significantly less than $1 million. Understanding that the colleges and universities are making monies upon the backs of these youths, they will have to work out how the pay-to-play system will work. Some programs are not as big and have less exposure, so this will be detrimental to their growth, not to mention the fact that not all programs have roots going back to the early 1800s. There are more questions than there are answers. Following up from last week, my high school, the Mount Vernon Majors, went on to beat the Annandale Adams. They finished the season 9-1 and and will open the Virginia High School Football League playoffs at home playing the Falls Church Justice Wolves. It is a number two playing a number seven based upon the PowerPoint ranking system. Coach Monty Fritz has also been named the Gunston District Coach of the Year. Congratulations, Coach. I've also been asked about my other high school, the Halls High School Red Devils in Knox County, Tennessee. They entered Friday into the championship bracket, however, losing 32-3 to the Daniel Boone Trailblazers from Gray, Tennessee. The second college football playoff rankings have a very different look than the first ones from a week ago. It starts at the top. LSU slotted at number two, moved past Ohio State into the number one spot. Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama complete the top five spots with four weeks of regular season left to play. The Golden Gophers rose nine spots from number 17 after defeating the unbeaten Penn State Nittany Lions to stay unbeaten. That's the biggest rise from any team into the top ten. So the top ten were LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Minnesota, Penn State, and Oklahoma. A crowd of over 100,000 heavily screened fans at the Bryant-Denny Stadium welcomed President Trump with cheers and a chant of USA, USA, before Alabama took on the LSU Tigers. A very different welcoming that he got in the World Series back in game number five. Following the game, Heisman Trophy winner Mark Ingram, now the Baltimore Ravens, tweeted his review. He blamed the loss squarely on the presence of President Trump. There's been no comment from Nick Saban. Last week, four of the top five teams were off, so week number 10 shook the books. LSU remains at number one. How about them Tigers? They beat Texas, Florida, and Auburn. They then went into tight country and TKO'd them and possibly knocked them out of playoff contention. The Tigers' 46-41 win at Alabama snapped an eight-game losing streak in the series that secured the SEC West. Now, if you can believe it, it was 46 points for the most points the Crimson Tide has given up at home since 1907. But this critical victory puts LSU right where it wants to be, on track to beat Georgia in the SEC title game for a spot in the college football playoff. LSU goes to Mississippi to play the Ole Miss Rebels next week. The Buckeyes are now number two in the college football playoff rankings. They easily handled Maryland. The lopsided score was 73-14. to The biggest news of the day for number three, Clemson didn't come on the field at NC State, where the Tigers dominated 55-10. Instead, it was the Demon Deacons' loss at Virginia Tech, 36-17. With Clemson's win and Wake's loss, 
The Tigers officially secured the ACC Atlantic and will cruise to the ACC Championship game. We've already discussed Bama at nauseum, but the questions are all valid. Where did the Tide go from here? After losing like that at home to LSU, it's fair to ask whether the season is effectively over. A late-game push may mean there's still hope, but there are still some serious questions about this team. Now, they must win out and get help. Is it unlikely? Perhaps. This will probably be the first season without the Tide in the college football playoffs. Georgia's defense posted its third shutout of the season and still hasn't allowed a rushing touchdown. It's the first time since 1981 that the Bulldogs had three shutouts in the same season. It's also the first team in the last 20 seasons to not allow a rushing touchdown in its first nine games. According to Missouri coach Barry Odom, who is quoted as saying, Georgia might not be getting the credit it deserves nationally, describing the dogs as a really good football team in every area. Georgia handled business with the shutout 27-0. Georgia's off next week, while the Tigers will get the Gators at home. The Ducks' path to the Pac-12 championship game does not include a team with a winning record in conference play. This week, they host the Arizona Wildcats. After debuting at number 8 in the playoff rankings, Utah enters the final stretch with everything to play for. The Utes are one of two teams in the Pac-12 South that can win the division by winning out. The other, surprisingly enough, is UCLA, which travels to Salt Lake City next week. The Minnesota Gophers validated their 8-0 start with an electric performance against Penn State, 31-26. Penn State left the Golden Gophers as one of the two unbeaten teams in the Big Ten, along with the O, Ohio State. Minnesota is down 9-0 for the first time since before Pearl Harbor. Minnesota takes the Nittany Lions place as the Big Ten's other playoff contender and moves one step closer to securing the West Division Championship. Next Saturday, the Gophers are at Iowa playing the Hawkeyes, Penn State is also at home with the Hoosiers. Where's the Hoosiers? 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 Ah, they're a bunch of Hoosiers. The number 11 Gators bounced back from a deflating loss to Georgia last weekend by trouncing Vandy 56-0 at the Swamp. The Gators will have to beat Missouri on the road next weekend. Vandy goes home to face the Kentucky Wildcats. The Irish continue to impact playoff contenders as their win against Duke both helped Georgia and hurt Alabama. Irish knocked out the Blue Devils 38-7. Navy's final bye week came at a pretty good time as the midshipmen got to collect themselves before an absolutely enormous final month of action. Appalachian State, they're back! Well, sort of. They would be 26 in the AP poll of top 25. The Mountaineers beat the Gamecocks 20-15 in South Carolina. This week, they face Georgia State Panthers in Atlanta. The Cox go to Texas to play the Aggies. Welcome back, Indiana. The Hoosiers, 7-2, didn't play this week, but are ranked for the first time since 1994. IU was the 28th third most ranking receiving votes in the last week's poll, but are now number 24. After previously ranked Kansas State, Wake Forest, and San Diego State all lost and dropped out of the poll. Bye-bye. Bye now. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever wondered what it's like to be a paramedic or an emergency medical technician or what they bitch about on a daily basis? Well, I've got just the show for you. It's the Shift Ender Podcast with my buddy Drew McSalty and his cohort, Marco Narco. They are some salty medics and EMTs. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you want to know what it's like, check them out. Shift Ender Podcast. And now it's time for entertainment news. Say hello to my little friend. I have 
come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Entertainment news. That's right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has announced that <clears throat> there is a release date for his movie, Black Adam. And if you don't know who Black Adam is, well, you're not a comic book fan and you're not a fan of The Rock because, well, they go hand in hand. This is an article from the AVclub.com. It says, has anyone told Dwayne Johnson that Black Adam, the DC Comics character he's been meaning to play for years, is not only a bad guy, but a pretty unrepentant, unrepentant bad guy who likes being bad, even when he may have moderately good intentions? That's a very awkward sentence. You would think that people who wrote things would be a little more, well, less awkward. Anyway... Because it really doesn't seem like he understands that. The newest piece of evidence is an Instagram photo that Johnson shared as a concept art poster for his Black Adam movie. Supposedly unrelated to the Shazam movie that came out a couple of years ago, if you saw that one. And even though that's like making a Joker movie without Batman, which worked by the way which features this caption from the rock himself in which he offers a little rundown of his superman fandom and his realization that he's a little too rebellious to be a boy scout hero like the man of steel inner black adam who johnson says is his kind of hero because he will quote always do what's right for the people but does it his way In the comics, Black Adam is often depicted as a sort of Doctor Doom-like supervillain tyrant or even just a regular take-over-the-world type supervillain with no deeper aspirations. But the short version is that he's basically evil Shazam. You don't believe us? Just look at the damn art and the poster Johnson shared, which you can't do that on my podcast, so sorry about that. He's floating over some kind of ruined structure with skeletons, and he's surrounded by dark clouds. That's not what a good guy looks like. He might start evil and turn good, but it seems odd that Johnson is like... He's a hero who does things his own way as he's sharing a poster of a guy who looks like he's used lightning bolts to blow up a building. But anyway... The release date for Black Adam is December the 22nd, 2021, so we've got to wait two years for that. They say it's actually not far off, but what do they know? What do they know? Anyway, that's news on my man crush, The Rock, and his movie, Black Adam, which I've personally been waiting on for a very long time. And that's all in entertainment news. We're going to take a little break, and I'll see you on the other side for the close. One, two, one, two. Seatbelt in, seatbelt out. You know, Larry, this simple exercise will help us stay healthy, which keeps medical costs down. But you gotta do it every day, Vince, because if you don't... You can get out of shape fast. You could learn a lot from a dump. Buckle your safety belt. A message from the Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. 
Season 4, Episode 8. We're at the end. I hope you've enjoyed it. I had fun making fun of the impeachment hearings because, well, they're ridiculous. You know how that is. Thank you to SportCat for SportCat Sports. Available every Friday here on Kevin's Podcast Show. Monday, there'll be a new segment from The Unknown Redneck. And I want to remind everybody that Shotgun Chain's new album, Salvage, is available for pre-order right now on iTunes and Google Play. And you can also get him on Spotify. Anywhere you can listen to music, you can get him. Just look him up. He's got some good stuff out there. And he's he's a good old boy from Tennessee, so check him out. Alright, we're at the end, folks. Until Monday, it is... Deuces! And duck lips. Let's say China. 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 You go over to China. 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 You take China. 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 I love them. China. 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 I have to have my China. China. China because China. 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 China.